What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Jessica. Jessica, how are you doing? Good, good. Hello, friends. This is episode 165, and it is insane. I will say that this... It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it takes off from the start, and it goes 100 miles an hour. And, it, <laughs> and then they just leave. The guests leave, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so much to process <laughs> <laughs> i know it's there's there's a lot thrown here and i just want to give a, a just uh, you know after we're recording this after we've already done the interview so um this front side but i just want to say do not give give in to fear there's a lot of things that are going to be mm-hmm. mentioned here that could cause fear in someone or anxiety and uh i would just say this that uh remember this that the lord has conquered all and yes. if you are in him, then you are safe. And that these things that we talk about that are spiritual in nature, um, we are, you, you are born, if you are born again, you are hidden under the wing in the shadow of Jesus himself. And, <laughs> and they have to go through him to get to you. So just uh, cling to him and lean in him. But it's not like we're going to be talking about, you know, like demon possessions or anything like that. But we have L.A. <laughs> Marzuli and Mondo Gonzalez again. Both of them, and the fact that they're both here is incredible. And uh, I just want to say that I think this is one of my favorite ones we've done in a long time. What do you think? Me too. Yes, it's so good. Yeah, and it's been a while. We we haven't we haven't done a podcast in like over a month. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it's life, the holiday season. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Life has been uh, life has been throwing me some major curveballs. I'm actually mm-hmm. working two jobs now, so finding time to, to, you know, tap, tap on guest shoulders and organize and do all that. It, it can be challenging. So, um, but yeah, you know what, um, it, we're going to keep, we're going to keep plugging because, you know, yep. it's worth it. And we mm-hmm. got some good stuff coming up next year. We've already got some things in the works. And, uh, so I think, uh, 2024 is going to be, going to be pretty epic. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So, uh, i tell you what, um, Let's just jump into this, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you guys on the other side. Hey guys, did you know that a woman who is pregnant of just seven weeks, her baby has a heartbeat and is the size of a coffee bean? That's why I wanted to tell you about Seven Weeks Coffee. Seven Weeks Coffee is an unashamedly pro-life coffee company with a mission as bold as their flavors. Here's the great part. 10% of every sale goes to pregnancy care centers, making your morning routine a meaningful part of a great cause. Are you a coffee enthusiast like me? Imagine sipping on a cup of premium 100% organic coffee that not only awakens your senses, but also supports the sanctity of life. That's exactly what Seven Weeks is all about. And the best part, the coffee itself is absolutely fantastic. From rich, dark roast to vibrant, aromatic blends, Seven Weeks offers a selection that caters to every coffee lover's taste. Ready to start your day with a cup of purpose? Head over to sevenweekscoffee.com and explore their range of exquisite coffee blends. Plus, use the code ALLOUTWAR at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Yep, that's ALLOUTWAR at sevenweekscoffee.com. By choosing Seven Weeks, you're not just buying coffee. You're supporting life-affirming initiatives. As I always like to say, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy.
You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. Well, we've got him on two people. I can't believe it. It's is amazing. We've had both of these guests on before, even if they don't remember us. <laughs> but we have uh, Mondo Gonzalez and L.A. Marzuli are on with us for the podcast. And this is great. I have to give thanks to Mondo because when we had him on with the Red Heifer, Red Heifer episode a few weeks ago, at the end, we were discussing some stuff and we we, we kind of touched on aliens this is this was not on the recording time this was after and he's like you got to get la on to talk about the aliens and so i was like yeah and then he's like i can help make that happen and so he did so this is all you mondo i appreciate that man <laughs> so awesome <laughs> cool. um. <laughs> so i've got two two of my favorite guys uh that i get to interview with so this is this is a personal just awesome moment for me so mm-hmm. let's let's talk about aliens so we've had our friend joseph jordan on many times and um, he was he worked for MUFON. I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but um, he became a Christian, and he noticed after he was a believer that when people who were experiencing abductee situations, when they would call out on the Lord, on the Lord Jesus in particular, um, they would be put right back to where they came from. And um, this was kind of our conversation, Mondo, that we were talking about. And so I just was curious, you know, uh, to me – you know, with the aliens, it's it's always been a an entity of spiritual nature. Um, you know, even since I was a young believer, I always kind of thought that. But what what are your guys' take on some of those things? Go ahead, Alan. Well, um, I think, and I know Joe. Um, we've had several discussions through the years, as it were. Um, I have a completely different take than Mr. Jordan does, and since he's not here, it's not fair to, you know, beat him over the head with a stick type of a thing, but I do not believe that this is all delusion. I believe there's absolute physicality to it. We have proven this uh, in our all of our research, including the implants, uh, which we remove. We're the only Christian team on the planet ever to take an implant out of a human being. Um, we also, in number four of our ongoing UFO film series, there are four people who were taken, who were abducted. And if you're, if you're trying to tell them that it wasn't real, it was all in their head, it was all demonic delusion, I've got something, you know, you, you got, I got four people who will, you know, we'll, we'll beat you over the head with that <laughs> because it's an insult to them, to what they've been through. Um, women are taken uh, the, the seed, the ovum is taken from the women. Sometimes the women find themselves pregnant. Uh, sperm is taken from the men. They are violated. They are raped. This is not demonic delusion. Now, some of it can be. Mm-hmm. I, I'll certainly can see that. Some of it can be, but not all of it. And that's why, circling back to the implant, we are the only Christian team on the planet that's ever taken out an implant from a, from a man who was implanted when he was five years old. Hmm. That implant showed up on, on an x-ray, on a CAT scan. It, it vanished in front of us in the operating theater. We couldn't find that thing. Where two weeks prior to that, we found it with, with, the, uh, with the ultrasound on the guy's leg within a minute, two minutes max. Hmm. And so day, the day of the removal of the implant, we're, um, we're in the 
Dr. Matriciana's operating room, and we can't find this thing for an hour and 20 minutes. And that's when the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder and said, you got to take authority over this. So here I am, Mondo's heard the stories a bazillion times, but here I am in a room full of non-believers, except for Richard Shaw. And I kind of look at Rick and I just say, okay, guys, I'm going to pray and I'm going to do it now. And I took authority over to it, not my authority, his authority. And I just said, this goes sound really strange, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to do it now. And the prayer went something like this. Father, if there are forces which are concealing and cloaking this device, I pray that you would break their power and do it soon. Guys, guys, that implant came in like this, just like that hmm. on the monitor. And it, from way back here, you can see it. And all of a sudden, it's like right here. And everybody goes, what's that? And Dr. Matriciana can't figure out why all of a sudden the implant is manifesting on the ultrasound monitor. But it did. We removed it. We took it to a lab. We, this is hard science. Mm-hmm. This isn't speculation or sitting around speculating or, you know, armchair researchers. This is hard science. We took the implant, we cut it open, we put it under a standing electron microscope, we analyzed it, it was made of meteorite metal, I mean, for starters, and and on and on on we go. Plus, Emil, and I'll end by saying this, Emil was five, he comes on the record with us in, in number four of our UFO abduction series, UFO film series, and it's on abductions. He would be locked in his room as a five-year-old because they have a pool and they were afraid he was going to drown. They'd find him out on the lawn the next morning. So they, mm-hmm. they put locks on the doors, locks on the windows. Mm-hmm. He's locked in his room. Next morning, he's in the front lawn or the backyard. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? So it's, with all due respect, there's an absolute physicality to this. And wow. not you don't have to take my word, take Congress, which talks about biologics being retrieved, UFO crash disks being retrieved. So it's much more complex and sinister than what Mr. Jordan presents in our humble opinion. I would say this too, to to add in the biblical perspective that when we look in the Bible, I think all of us, you know, if we go to Genesis 18 and we see um, the Lord show up to Abraham and he has two angels with him right in the the episode that we know in Genesis 19 to Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. they're sitting down, they're eating. And so I think tradition has come to play in a lot of Christian thinking that angels are this ethereal kind of being that you can't touch them. But the fact of the matter is, or that they just appear as being physical when they're not. Well, they obviously show up that they're physical beings. They're eating with him. The, he grabs lot by the hand, uh, the two angels do in Genesis 19. So there's a physicality there that I think is often missed. And again, these are brothers in the Lord and we just, we can have disagreements, but mm-hmm. the main thing I wrote about this in our magazine last month, because um, in Hebrews 1:14 it talks about that, the, that angels are ministering spirits. Right. And so people just assume then that, Oh, that must be an ethereal ghost like person you know, entity, in fact, where we know that we're spirits, but yet we have a tangible physical thing. So there's, there's a variety of ways when you look in scripture that angels show up as being physical acts chapter 12 with Peter, you know, opening up the door, Hmm. but they have, obviously they have capabilities far more. I think the other interesting thing too, is that there is evidence like LA just gave of when you have abductions or other things or people that are, that are taken, that there's physical things, things there's physical things on their bodies. It's not just, again, in your head that that can be very insulting, even though people mean well. I would say, too, that 
if you asked any of the average Christian and said, do angels have wings? I think they'd be like, oh, well, yeah, of course they do. I think they'd go, well, there, there's really no place except uh, in Isaiah 6 with the seraphim and the, and the cherubim that you that's have. That's a whole different deal. Yeah, right? that's a totally different class of beings. But if you look at other angels, that's why in Hebrews 13, 2, it says we can entertain angels unaware because you, you have this idea. So what angels, uh, I think you think about in Daniel 10, when angels are flying, I really think that they have, they have, uh, some kind of craft, physical craft that they're flying with, because there's a whole bunch of other scripture references that I could give you. But the idea that that an angel's flying with his wings, flapping from here to there, as Daniel <laughs> says, it, it, it doesn't say that. It's just tradition weighs in heavy on these things. So, okay. <laughs> there's there's a, a lot there. there's there's, yeah, I got to unpack. So there's a couple of things I need to, I need to unpack. First of all, the, I need to go back to the implant. So, Ellie, when you guys did this research on this implant and it came back as you said it was asteroid metal meteorite meteorite, meteorite metal so it's meteorite metal what what is the implant doing what what do you what's your thoughts on it what the purpose that it was put in this kid yeah. this is the deal that implant was number 16 number 17 it was the last implant that Roger took out that implant was about 40 years old, something like that, 45 years old. Mm -hmm. One of the first implants that was ever removed. That was number 17. Number 16, Roger said that implant was so hard, the, the metal, whatever it was made out of, they couldn't cut it with a diamond saw. They had to take wow. it to a laboratory and open it up with a laser. Mm -hmm. And in that, they found double-walled carbon nanotubes. Now, this is conjecture on my part. And this is where this is where again, if, if you if, if a person holds tenaciously to the non physicality of all this stuff, then I guess the mark of the beast is the same way, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. We know the mark of the beast has physicality. Mm -hmm. You're going to take that mark. I believe, and I've said this for decades. Uh, I I met Roger Lear in '99, 1999. So that's 25 years ago, right? Roughly, and Roger. That was when he took out the first implant. Maybe they Rogers. Okay, Ro Roger Lear is was he's passed away. Roger Lear was the alien in the scalpel. He was the one that took out the seventeen implants. He's surgeon. He mm. was, well, he was a podiatrist, he so he would surgery. always he would assist in the surgery. Doctor mm -hmm. Matriciana took them out for the most part. And I'm down there, and I go, Roger. I heard you know we we met at this Mufon deal, and I said uh, I understand you took out an implant recently and he goes yeah would you like to say it <laughs> I go, and i go yes i would hold out your hand so he reaches into his coat pocket he pulls out a little vial and he shakes it like this and my hands out and he puts the implant in my hand and i'm sitting there going you've got to be kidding me i am holding this this metallic deal this implant that was inserted in someone so i've been researching this I was ridiculed very heavily when I first started talking about it, 2005, whatever, very, very heavily. But then when we took out the implant, crickets, no one said a thing. Because here's, this is not demonic delusion, this is physicality. I believe, and this is conjecture, but it's based on decades and decades and decades of research. These are prototypes to the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. they're, not there, they're not there yet, and if you've been implanted, that's not the mark. 
but these are these may be the prototypes of that mark. I'll tell you two more stories. I've met two people, uh, a man and a woman. There's no collusion between them. They live in different states they've never met. Both of them were taken. Both of them were implanted. Guess where the implant was? The forehead. Mm. Eyebrow. Both the man and the woman, both of these, these, these people I interviewed, went into the bathroom, took a razor knife, and took the thing out themselves. Ugh. And you know for a woman to do that, that's right? Marring yeah. your face like that? Yeah. For a guy, it's a little different. I don't want to sound sexist, but you know, <laughs> it's a little different there, right? <laughs> and, and they both... They both removed it themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been traveling in this for decades. And I believe, and I've stated this publicly numerous times, is that this is the perfect mark. And I'll tell you why. Whoever is doing it has spent an inordinate amount of time, resources, energy, because there's a progression of these implants. The one that we took out was 45 years old or, or older. The, the, the one before that, you could only cut it with a laser beam in a, in a laboratory. So something's going on here. Crazy. And you, you're saying that they, it was nanotechnology inside when they did get the one cut open. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Number 16 had nanotechnology, carbon nanotubes. So. And that's interesting because the Yuval Harari makes statements about that all the time. Like hack, humans are hackable animals. We're going to be, you know, putting nanotechnology in them, that's, yada, yada, that's yada. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah, that whole, they want that whole, you know, transhumanism thing to happen for sure. But so let me let me try and help someone who's listening. This is new to some people, I know. And some of our listeners are like, yeah, we've been following LA for years, but I need to connect some dots. So you so you would agree that there it is they are evil entities and you would agree that they are more than likely fallen angels? They are, in my opinion, the, the ones that are running the show are fallen, are so, fallen yeah. angels. If you go back to the sons of God, I mean, we've talked about yeah. this where, so the cows come you on. know, if you understand the, the hierarchy of the angelic realm, good and bad, you know, the sons of God are a high class where you have the demons aren't even angels in that sense. They're the lowest class of of evil entity that you have in the scripture, especially in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament. Because again, the a, a demon is a, according at least from the Book of Enoch, is an offspring of, of the sons of God and right. human women. So it's 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 the disembodied spirits mm -hmm. of the Nephilim drowned right. in the flood. So mm -hmm. unfortunately, when we say demonic, it's it's not it lacks specificity. So. In our culture, demonic is something evil. Well, we'd all agree that they're evil, but I would say, and I think that as we talk about it, certainly there's demons involved, but are they running the show? Not even no, close. No, they're no, not no. the top dogs. The, the, the top dogs are the sons of God who came down in Genesis 6. Yeah. And so exactly how that works, I think that the demons are servants of, of their fathers in, in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so we just have to make sure we make that clarification that they're all evil. What they're doing is, is, is truly evil. So they're demonic in that sense, but not specifically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The reason I asked that is because, I, you know, there is power. I mean, L.A., you experienced it right there when you prayed in that operating room. Uh, you know, there is power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, every, they have to obey. Um, but my, I guess my whole – the big thing that I'm 
struggling with. And I think the deception for a lot of people is that they think they're coming from a faraway planet in another yeah. galaxy, right. and they're this intelligent life form that they are intelligent, obviously, because but but they've been here with us all along. They just have been not seen <laughs> for the most part. Mm -hmm. Am I accurate on that? I, I would say this, that um, uh, when they show up, uh, and, and the neo-Darwinists are chomping at the bit mm -hmm. for this, because the idea of panspermia, the idea mm -hmm. that we were seated here by an advanced race of extraterrestrials, but it's circular reasoning, because, well, where did they come from? You know, it goes around and around. When yeah. Ben Stein in his movie expelled, sits down with Richard Dawkins, Dawkins, of course, is one of the premier evolutionists of the 20th, 21st century, and says, well, where did the first self-replicating molecule come from? And, of course, Dawkins has no answer. And so he throws him an intellectual lifeline. Well, how do you think all this began? And then, all of a sudden, Dawkins jumps into Star Wars. You know, well, I suppose it could have happened like this, you know, <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Uh -huh. I mean, you just sit there and you go, you've got to be kidding me. You know? Yeah, you just, it's just like, well, where did they come from? Well, you don't know. So why are you telling us that intelligent design is somehow, I'm a barbarian because I believe in intelligence design, but but your your idea is just as, dare I use the word barbaric or wacko, than mine, <laughs> because I've got this thread of prophecy from Genesis to Revelation, which proves that someone is outside space-time as we know it, calling out the end before the beginning, the beginning before the end, yeah. with great specificity. So, unfortunately, Dawkins' guys don't do that. Um, you know, his his race of invisible aliens that are, that are, that are coming here from another galaxy— there is no prophecy. All they do is they tell us, well, we created all life on this planet. We seeded you here. We genetically manipulated early man. We started the world's religions, the world's civilizations. Now at a critical juncture, we're here to usher mankind in a golden age. Folks, that's the alien gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I truly believe. That's what they will say. That is the great deception. Mm -hmm. That is the great deception. Yeah. That's the strong delusion. Mm -hmm. So do you, is that what you think is happening with our world leaders now because they're coming forward and they're admitting these things? Or do you think that the timing is that things are moving towards the end so, so much that they are just making maneuvers that God's permitting them to do and so we can't deny it anymore? What, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> we, we, we live in this all the time. This is what we talk about. It's fun. Um, uh, what you just described is all of the above, that th the fact of the matter is we know there's a delusion coming. And the question that often comes is, um, again, if if Hebrews 13.2 can say that we can entertain angels unaware, most likely those are those are good angels, then in the same way, uh, evil fallen angels, even evil sons of God can be entertained as well by humans. And so just like in, in times, ancient times of old, where you have... Uh, again, I think in terms of the sons of God coming down to a dad and saying, hey, I see your daughter over there. Pretty nice, pretty beautiful. And then he's all handsome. And the daughter's like, yeah, I want that guy. I'll take that guy as a husband. So, <laughs> and so he's like, well, what can, what, what, what can we exchange? And the, the, the angel, the son of God says, well, I'll give you information, knowledge. I'll give you metallurgy, understanding, all the, all the forbidden secrets. In the same way, uh, we've talked about the idea of 
true real entities meeting with government agencies and people behind the scenes promising them and as we know reverse technology stuff this there's nothing new here this is right, like the book of all over again it's a book of not rewritten i mean it really yeah, is yeah. and, and i i have been banging this drum for decades i mean literally for decades probably 30 years um and it's most of it falls on deaf ears yeah mm -hmm. but it's happening. The fact that let, let me let me just frog jump leapfrog jump frog leapfrog. <laughs> it, it's it's the hearing aids. That's what does it. It, it scrambles your brain. <laughs> Seriously, you're not. I'm not used to it. Even though it's been a year, it's you say things anyway. I digress. So, what was I talking about? No, just joking. So, so we're we're looking at this phenomenon, and and we're trying to. It's it's ongoing, and you've got. Most of a church, which is utterly skeptical of the whole thing, mm -hmm. but then hearings in Congress, and you've got Representative Mace who was asking David Grush just a couple of weeks ago, well, did they, you know, out of the five percent of these crash discs, you know, were were there biologics in them? Were there bodies? Yes, we recovered biologics. I mean, you would think my phone would be ringing off the hook, flatline. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just stated on the record. Now, the, you know, the, the naysayers are going, well, he's a whistleblower and he didn't really know. And we haven't seen the pictures and blah, blah, blah. And our film, which we're about to release on Roswell, there's actually two films. And Mondo has seen part of it. Mm -hmm. But there's a clip. We don't know where it's from. It looks like some of this stuff is smuggled out. Hmm. And my, my business partner, Gil Zimmerman, worked at DreamWorks and Disney for 30 years. He's he's a cinematographer. He's a, a director, and the fact that he's we're now partnering in these films is just blows my wow. mind, because they're getting better and better and better because of Gil's expertise. Mm. We're looking at this film, and we included it in on our film. It's a black and white. It's the camera's very shaky. I get that. We slow it down. It looks like it's it's a retrieval. And there's a body there. Mm. It's a retrieval when there's a body. Mm. But when someone like myself has been in, immersed in this for decades, this is all old news. When, when Grush goes, yeah, we've retrieved, you know, we have uh, retrieved biologics, bodies. I just sit there and go yawn. Or, yeah, or, 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 or we've got crap. So what's new? Mm -hmm. I mean, Bob Lazar stated all this in the 90s for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah. if you're a ufologist, and I consider myself a ufologist, but also I'm on the trail of a Nephilim. We're, mm -hmm. we're, our mission statement is to expose the deception of the prince of the power of the air and to herald the return of the King Jesus. So mm -hmm. that's what we do. And in the film, you know, here's this black and white footage of somebody's on a stretcher and it's a small little guy mm -hmm. and there's a wound in the chest. Something's going on here. And then you've got the eyewitnesses who saw the, who saw the bodies and on and on and on it goes. And so it's all leaching out now. And the question is, you know, why now 2017 committed David Fravor, mm -hmm. where is it going? I'm actually working on a book, the rungs of the ladder of disclosure. Cause we're mm -hmm. on rung number 18 now with, with that, that statement with Grush in Congress talking to Mace. Yes, we, we have biologics. <laughs> You've got the bodies, you know. <laughs> so, you, so you don't think that the, uh, so you, do you think that the Mexican uh, aliens that they wheeled out a couple? No, Good. no not them. No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> not. 
<laughs> this is how the game is played. Think about this. Yeah. So Grush, Grush is in our Congress, and he states on the record that we have biologics. We've got them. We've got the bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Phone doesn't ring. That story is buried. No, no major media runs with it. Mm-hmm. Nobody runs with it. It's buried. Two weeks later, Hyman Masson trots out the fake bodies, Mexican. right? The Mexican, the Mexican <laughs> paper mache deals. It goes flipping viral all around the world. So mm-hmm. what does that do? It's deliberate obfuscation. It's a managed agenda between I believe, and this is total conjecture. Grush is a whistleblower, so they put the kibosh on what he's saying. Right, yeah. the most one of the most profound statements yep. of the 21st century. They put the kibosh on that. Nobody carries it, so they trot out good old Jaime yep. with the paper mache aliens, and that goes viral. <laughs> and you have, you know, uh, you probably saw Tim uh, Representative Tim Burchett with Tucker, and you know he's trying Incredible. his best, and he's like, you know, we don't even know who to talk to. I mean, there's yeah, so they many even layers. Tell us. Yeah, there's so many. They layers. can't get the first base. Hmm. So what what do you make of um, like the there's been some recent new occurrence um, like just film footage that's come out that's been proven apparently of this airline flight that disappeared um, in India or uh, Malaysia. Malaysia I'm sorry yeah mm-hmm. would because th- if you've seen the footage they have the the planes flying and all of a sudden there's these little white spheres running around it classic yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Class. so. In your opinion, it's probably it was legit. There's there was some kind of activity, alien activity that uh, took the plane. Look, there's a there's a theory that I'm working on. <laughs> okay, and it encompasses this. Let me, and I'm not gonna. I can't spill the beans here because we're. I've, I've, Mondo knows it because I've told him. You can spill it. It's fine. It's just us. It's it's just us and the thousands of people that listen. Because someone will steal it and then they'll write a book on it. Right. But let me just let me just put it to you this way: that we know that Jesus, after the crucifixion, after he separated from his body, so Jesus's spirit and his soul are separated from his body. For a few days, which which is unbelievable. I can't even get my head around that. And where does he go? He goes to the lowest parts of the earth, to Tartarus. And what does he do? He proclaims to the angels, the fallen angels that are locked in gloomy dungeons, Jude, First Peter three, yeah, First mm-hmm. Peter, and that you're not you're not getting out. There's no jailbreak. I got the keys right here. It's over. Game over. Okay. We all know that scripture, mm-hmm. but no one ever asks. And I just, I just, I'll just say this and no more. <laughs> How do those angels get in those gloomy dungeons? How are they rounded up? Mm. They get there. How did they get there? It's all said. It's all said. Well, I, the old, That's, the yeah. old me would be it was a spiritual warfare, and they were placed in there by Michael and you know Gabriel and the other warring angels that right forced them down in there, but. The other side of me, and this is something that I've been thinking about a little bit, is, you know, Jacob, his dream, and then he sees the ladder, and he sees the angels going up and down the ladder up into the heavenlies. Um, the idea of possible portals of some kind. Um, and I know that this is something that's catching on in Christian circles, but it's not exactly biblical and healthy, but there is something to that. 
Do you think mm-hmm. do you think that that could be something there? Well, the <clears throat> couple things as it relates to the, the Bible in that regard, there, there's the portal idea has connects with it the idea of physics, which again I'm an astronomy guy, so I love talking about this. And I think what oftentimes we miss is let let's go. We we have the Genesis passage w- w- there, that, but uh, uh, it, it leaves it a little ambiguous. But l- let me give you this illustration from the Bible. Uh, we know the story, and maybe somebody doesn't, but in Daniel chapter ten, uh, Daniel's praying, and an angel is dispatched from heaven to go reveal the answer to him. And when the angel finally shows up, he tells Daniel, hey, Daniel, you know, I was I was held up uh, by the prince of Persia for for three weeks. But I was dispatched on the same exact day that you prayed. Hmm. But the the question is, is that if if an angel is is ethereal, then he can just poof out of heaven and then poof into the room. Stop what we're looking at. So we're what we're recognizing. It's not a poof and a poof here in, in a wall. There's actually some sort of physical uh, wall or physical uh, obstruction mm-hmm. that's happening. It's clearly physical somehow. Otherwise, he would just poof in front of Daniel. He would just poof around it. But we, we know that is not the case. So the, the Bible, unfortunately, doesn't give us all of the answers there, but it gives us enough to say, let's use some common sense. Mm-hmm. Something going on is here. And then he says, heck, when I, when I leave, you know, Michael had to come help me. And when I leave, I got to go contango with the Prince of Greece. He's going to get in my way. So there's something physical there going on. And would that be access to a portal? We also know, again, in Revelation 12, you referenced it earlier, that when Michael's fighting Satan, Satan and his angels lose. They get kicked out of heaven and they're limited to the earth. So, again, Satan's not just poofing out of earth back up into into the heaven. There's some sort of physical limits that's being put on there that he can't just appear and disappear where he wants. So, again, we have two witnesses in Scripture there, at least, that show us us that there's a physicality involved here, which, again, could go back to understanding whether it's CERN, what's going on CERN, trying to unleash or open these portals that are physical, that allow these gateways like you were referencing. Mm -hmm. And, And let me just tag team on that real quick. That why can't that angel that's appearing at the end? Why can't he just do an end run? Exactly. Yep. You know, no, he's <laughs> right. got to go through that gate. He's got to go through that gate, and then it begs the question even further. Okay, how do they fight? Yeah. How do they fight? If they're immortal beings. I believe they can be wounded. Mm-hmm. Be taken out of the battle. You can cut off their arm or whatever, but they're going to grow a new one. I don't know how. However, it works. <laughs> however, it works. That's, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. You can't kill them. But you mm-hmm. wound them. I mean, imagine two ghosts fighting. I mean, that, that would be kind of boring. I mean, right. I, I, my fist would go yeah, through his head. It's not going to work. I mean, it's just kind of dumb. But mm-hmm. we have scripture that shows, again, a fight that's happening and a result. And there isn't an end run. So there, there's there's enough there to, to guide us into some of these conversations. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a gateway, there's a portal. I believe that CERN is trying to do the same thing. That And I know you guys know this, CERN is is built on the Cold, you know, yeah. uh, the yeah. whole the whole deal with Apollo and, and all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. deliberate. They know what they're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to bring the old ones back, but they're re- they're being held back, restrained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're being restrained. Restrained. That's ex- that's exactly right. Yeah. And also, Job. Yep. You see, Job, when uh, you know Satan comes to God and he's he's limited in what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, you can't touch him. You can do this, but you can't do that. So we do know that they've put some kind of restraints on these angels, these fallen angels. So 
I've got to ask though, like, where are they now? Like, people have to be wondering. Like, obviously, they they have a spiritual side to them. Is it just a realm that our eyes can't perceive right now, or is it something that a veil is going to be, you know, completely removed at some point? Or I think well, here we don't have to guess in this regard because. In 2 Kings 6, we know the story that Elisha is surrounded by the Syrian army and says, you know, Lord, open his eyes and looks. And what's fascinating here is, is, is if you look at it, I mean, you can look at it in English, but in Hebrew, it's much more clear that what Elisha says is that Lord, open his eyes. And he says, you have what you have four groups. You have a human enemy the Syrians and you have Elisha and his servant, but you also have a godly or a righteous entity and you have an evil spiritual entity. You actually have four things. Cause he says, those that are with them, the Syrian army are less than those that are with us. So you have this squaring off where he's able to see chariots of fire and other things. That what, are, what are chariots of fire? Yeah. Right. These are right. Right. These are elements of that's uh, not that's not this mm-hmm. is where with all due respect to Joe, mm-hmm. because he's not here to defend himself or or weigh in on this. That's physicality. That's not. And, and remember, uh, Gehazi is, is saying he's, he's trying to describe what he's looking at in the vernacular that he has in his grid system, which are chariots, some sort of a vehicle and fire. So this thing is illumined. It's lighting up. It's, it's, if we were there, we'd go, oh, look, UFOs. I mean, that's more than likely what we would say. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing, too, which I think is fascinating is that the idea of the chariots of fire were introduced in chapter two of Second Kings. So it's not like we have to go. And that was the vehicle. Think about it. This yeah. was the vehicle that carried Elijah mm-hmm. up into heaven. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 and Elijah, he wouldn't just become a spirit and he poofed. There was a physical thing that was cloaked that came and took him up uh, into the heavens somehow to transport whatever that looks like. So again, you have these little things which are so consistent. If we just allow them to speak without trying to spiritualize everything, Mm -hmm. they say what they say. I'm actually working on a book on this that's been (laughs) sidetracked for other projects. So it's maybe in late 2024, we'll see what happens. It's it's technology of the Bible. I actually have like seven chapters written on that thing already. I'll just give you, just give you one example. So Adam and Eve are booted out of the garden. We all know the story. Cherubim are on the East gate, Mm -hmm. but what happens to the North South and the West gate? We're not told. Maybe they don't need it. Obviously he doesn't need to guard them for whatever reason, but we're not told. So we can speculate on that till the cows come home. But the cherubim are there. And this is my one of my favorite texts in, in the entire Bible. Between them is a flaming story which turns every which way. I'll do I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a cosmic lightsaber. That's physicality. It's not delusion. It's not something that's like ethereal. It's there. It's technology that we don't understand because it's technology from outside of this realm. One more thing. When you go down Masaksewaman in Peru, you are a person who does that. If I lead a tour there, I have them come up to the wall. I have them touch the wall. And I, I'll tell them, you are touching the fingerprints of the supernatural because we can't do this today. We can't. These are megalithic stones, 40, 50, 100 tons. And they're, they're, they're put together without mortar, ashlar construction, mm-hmm. and they're polygonal. And there's not one 
no two stones are the same. Mm -hmm. So whoever is doing it, they do it because they can. They're not sweating it. They're doing it because they can do it. And it's there. And whoever does it, they just disappear. They all mm -hmm. go away. Okay. So I have a, you're, you're spurring me on all these questions. And Jessica, <laughs> if you need to cut in, you cut in. Okay. Don't, don't let me. How much more time do we have? Cause we can only stay an hour. We got, yes. Stay an <laughs> okay. hour. Stay an hour. We've got, we've only done 10 minutes. So we've still got 50 more minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm uh, okay. So uh, my question then it moves me to this. Oh, now I lost my question now. And it was like right there. Hold on, hold on. Go get it. Yeah. Um, in regards to, um, all right, we'll just, we'll just have to move on. I can't remember it right now. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> technology. I, technology. Yeah. The I was, technology, the chair beams, flaming sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, when it comes to, I, I remember when it comes to, you say you're on the hunt for the Nephilim on the trail for the Nephilim. And um, when it comes to that, we know that scripture tells us as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. And so we're approaching that time. And I think there's a lot of conjecture from people about what that's going to look like. Do you think that with these abductions, with these implants, um, with this, you know, soft disclosure and then now finally hard disclosure, um, that what's happening is they're, they're the Nephilim or Satan is trying to create his own army. Like what's, what do you, how do you kind of interpret those things? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. And see, again, if there's no physicality, then, then the enemy is not creating an army, but he is. And we've seen the hybrids. The hybrids are walking amongst us. There is a seed war. We just published a book in our publishing company by Karen Wilkinson. Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. It's a must-read. Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest. It's an absolute must-read. This woman was impregnated by them three times. They came and took the child. And listen to this. Listen to this. We're the only Christian, well, we're the, we're the only Christian ministry that has, we'll have nine, there you go, we'll have nine films out by the end of the year. We, we, your camera's not on, so we can't see it. In, but Yeah, in the ongoing <laughs> film series. Yeah. Number four is on abductions. Five is on crop circles. Six is on cattle mutilations. And we are the only researchers that I'm aware of that connect the cattle mutilations to the abduction phenomenon. Mm. Here's why. Here's why. And I've said this at several conferences. You can hear a pin drop. So the woman is impregnated. By them. This is not demonic delusion. She's and she's pregnant. She goes to an OBGYN. There's a heartbeat. There's mm -hmm. the fetus inside the womb. She's she's pregnant with with she believes from her husband. She's rejoicing. And the third month, she's taken again, and she wakes up the next morning and she realizes something is really wrong. And she goes to the emergency room. This is all in the film and all in Karen's book. And they go in, well, there's no fetal tissue, there's no heartbeat, Maybe, there's yeah, no nothing, baby. no placenta, nothing. And they go, ma'am, are you sure you were pregnant? And she goes, talk to my OBGYN, I saw the heartbeat. Happened to her three different times. Wow. Later on, 20 years later, they showed up in her bedroom 
They were short. They were stocky. They had large black eyes. Now that's oh decades ago. Now, if you're going to try to tell Karen that this didn't happen, it's all delusion you, in her brain. Yeah, it's all delusion. You got a you got a real problem here mm -hmm. because we've got physical evidence of it. But here's the kicker: when you mutilate a cow, they drain the blood, they take the cow, they drain all the blood, and they mutilate it. They'll strip the jaw, they'll take part of the eye, they'll take the sex organs, they'll take the heart. It's all, it's all over the map. You see, why are they doing this? And they drop it back or place it back in the farmer's field. Mm -hmm. So this creates the greatest amount of fear. What most people don't understand, and this is where we've connected the dots, and I'm not, I'm not you know, patting myself on the back, but this is our research. I've been involved in this for decades, and we put something together. We connected some dots. Bovine blood, cow blood, can be used in human transfusions interchangeably with human blood. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, most people don't. It's a medical fact. Hmm. Bovine blood can be and is used in human blood transfusions. Let's walk through it. You've got these parts of the cow which are taken. The blood is drained from the cow. They are creating artificial wombs for the hybrids mm. to grow in. Mm. That baby is taken in, in, the, in the third month of her pregnancy. That child, that, that hybrid, mm. that modern day Nephilim cannot live outside the womb and they place it into an artificial womb where it grows into maturity. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you heard me here first. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, yeah. No one else that I'm aware of has ever, and it's not because I'm so smart. It's mm -hmm. because we serve the king, and the king is leading us and showing us this stuff. And when I talked about this mm -hmm. at the Prophecy Watchers Conference, I said, let me ask you something. When Ezekiel was taken in to the temple and shown by the Most High God all the abominations mm -hmm. that are happening mm -hmm. here, do you think he wants to go do that? No. He'd mm -hmm. rather, you know, spend some time in the vineyard, mm -hmm. you know, watching the grapes grow. But the Lord takes him in and shows him those Which things. Well, that's, what's, that's what my ministry, our ministry, that's what we do. It's not yeah. something I volunteered for 43 years ago when I came across yeah. and gave my yeah. life to Jesus. I never thought I'd be doing this. Otherwise, I would have run out of the room <laughs> screaming. Are you kidding? But the Lord showed us the, the connection, which is my it, It's interesting because they're already like like humans are working on artificial wombs like these exactly yep it's all these like shoulders, right. parallel yeah it's parallel exactly. it's there's, crazy. A, there's a consistency there too just in the sense of some of these secular people uh john mack paul jacobs others that when they look and and research abductions there's a consistency in them that it's the third trimester. It's like the same story over and over, yeah, over, over and over just, again. So this is where it's not some Christian. Third uh, months of the first trimester. Yeah, make yeah. believe, acts to grind. These are secular researchers coming to these conclusions, and, and finally realizing this is this is not delusion. No, it's not. They, they've they've mm -hmm. come to establish that as a fact. It, it's it is a real physicality. The enemy is breeding, um, and it's it's more complex than that. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's creating hybrids, there's no doubt about it. But Mondo and I were talking about this with the, the sightings of Sasquatch has gone through the roof. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is it possible that they are the Therion, the beasts oh. of the earth? And in my opinion, they are. Because mm -hmm. I believe that Sasquatch 
are essentially an offshoot of a Nephilim. There's, look, it's, it's, everything goes back to Gary Stearman, Genesis 3.15, the seed of a dragon at war with the seed of the woman. And that, that opened, that's the gateway to the entire yeah. biblical narrative. That's literally, literally what I just said like a few months ago. I'm like, this has got to be like some sort of Nephilim situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they can't, my, <laughs> I had like a demonic chicken that I was just like, it was going crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, there's gotta be something like that. Like, like this can't all just be made up. You know, there, it's such a huge, we just got back from the Smokies and there's whole stores based on yeah. yep. Bigfoot. <laughs> you, you can't, in Genesis 3.15, it, it's fascinating to me to watch biblical interpreters because you know, in in the context, it's talking about the seed of the woman. Genesis three fifteen is the is the first uh, prophecy of the Messiah, right. who the Messiah would be uh, from the woman, uh, a physical seed. But yet, when you turn around and in the same verse, and it says the seed of the serpent, it's like, oh well, that's not physical. That's just yeah. spiritual. That's just right. evil in general. You're like nonsense. Well, wait a minute, right? You can't change the rules in the middle of the verse. Right. It's a reference to. <laughs> The word, the Hebrew is Zerah. It's clearly a reference to the seed, the physical seed of the woman, and it makes perfect sense that there would be a physical seed of of the of the of the dragon, which again we see in Genesis six, and of course mm -hmm. through all the re a lot of Old Testament history, uh, even to the New Testament, it, it's there for willing to listen. Yeah, I agree. Do you, do that's you, exactly what people do with um, prophecy too. I've been talking to yep. about prophecy for four years and it's like, oh, they, they're picking and choosing what's literal and what's not. Yep, exactly. It's totally, and they don't do that for the first coming of Jesus. All right. of those prophecies, Bethlehem, you know, it's all literal. Trade, it's all literal. Then yeah. all of a sudden they switch and you're like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> right do you think that the, uh, the, womb, the womb idea is uh, possibly how they did a second incursion? Wait, say that again. What the the, the cattle womb? Um, you, your theory on the cattle womb? Yeah. Do you think yeah. that that might have been a way that they did a second incursion um, after this, the flood? I wrote about this. I wrote about this extensively. Mondo gave me a chapter in the book Counter Move: How the Nephilim Returned After the Flood. They're doing the same thing over and over again. Mm. They're they're just they're just coming down. They're taking the women. And w what's incredible? The Lord just showed me this a couple of months back. That when you know when the pre-incarnate pre Jesus goes to Abraham and says, you know, out of you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's the tap out. Until that moment, the dragon doesn't know where the seed's going to manifest. But once once mm -hmm. Abraham is tapped out, and that's a whole three-hour conversation because <laughs> they're in their 90s and Sarah is well past the age of – so Chuck Messler, the Lord regressed them, so they had the child and the rest is history. Mm -hmm. But he goes – you know, you're going to go down to Egypt for 400 years until the sin of the Amorites comes into its fullness. And you kind of go, why? Why are you doing this? And then when they come out of Egypt, there they are at the gateway to the promised land. And on the field of battle, you have full-blown seed of the dragon and the seed of the women. And they're going to face off. Yep. It's mm -hmm. mind-boggling. When, when you look at it that way, when yeah. we look at it that way, yep. it's Genesis 3.15, yep. fully realized, here it is, full-blown manifestation of the seeds, and now they're going to go at it. Yep. And guess yeah. what? 400 years of uh, when they come back, the, the, the word Rephaim appears in Genesis 14. It's the first reference in the Bible to uh, the idea of a, of a Nephilim, of a hybrid. And so 
they're there. And then, of course, the promise is made in Genesis 12. But when they come back after being gone, the whole land is full. And this is this is why yeah. we know this yeah. is, the, is, is the theme, because in the book of Joshua, chapter 11, the description of their victory in the land in verse 21 through 23 is, is this. All the, the, the Nephilim and the Anakim, really the sons of the Anakim, were removed from the land, and they all fled over to Gaza, Ashkelon. So you have all the Philistine cities. So their goal was to seek out and destroy those hybrids. And that's exactly why, again, in Numbers 13, we see the Nephilim appear there again. It's the only other place. So Satan took his time, and he filled the whole land to mm. try to thwart God's promise. Mm-hmm. God says, here we go. It's going to be my seed against your seed. Let's do it. And, of course, God gets the victory. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to touch on what's going to be happening, like, you know, in the next steps in the future, but like, um, the seven year tribulation, you know, when the stuff comes, people, the the things come out of the pit. Mm -hmm. Revelation nine. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, I know that as we continue, it's just going to get more spiritual and spiritual, like, um, obvious to people. Um, I see like videos all, and I don't know what's real and what's not, but like concert videos, um, hmm. um, people out um, rallying for abortion and like people with contorted faces. And um, I just wanted to hear your perspective of um, what we are going to be expecting more of, like what we're going to be seeing more of, especially what we're going to be seeing in the seven year tribulation. Well, well, we well what, what other people? <laughs> I won't be seeing it. You <laughs> have to speak for yourself on that one. Yes, I will not be here. <laughs> the, well, the question that comes up often is that um, will there be atheists in the tribulation? And the answer is <laughs> clearly not. Uh, <laughs> but in Revelation nine, you referenced it that the, 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 the bottomless pit is opened. You have demons coming out, a horde of demons, and there's all description. But at the end of that passage. In verse 20, it says so clear, they did not stop worshiping demons. Mm-hmm. So this idea of this, and of course we know from the rest of book Revelation that they worship the dragon. Who's like the dragon? Who's like the beast? So there's going to be this wholesale delusion and worship. And so the idea you're describing what we're seeing now are the seeds of it. Again, we're not going from Mayberry the day before the mm-hmm. tribulation to exactly. this wicked world the next day. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing with the increase of Wicca, and very overt witches and the occult and the praying and the cursing and the curses that they're playing, it absolutely is 100% going, and it's going to continue to get worse. Yeah, I, I completely concur. Um, we're, we're, you know, 25 years ago, I said, well, we can fix this. And now it's like, no. <laughs> it's beyond fixing, and it's everything is, I mean, what's going on over in Israel and all you see is the the, the in-your-face anti-Semitism mm-hmm. just immediately yeah. bubbles right up because it's spiritual. And people don't understand that there's a spiritual component. The reason why they hate Israel is because from Israel, the Messiah came. We so you're not, hating the, you're not hating Israel. You're hating Messiah. You're hating, you're hating God yep. himself. And that's, that's where the tension is. So, you know, we're looking at this... Um, once once Gaza is cleaned up, and they're never, I mean, this is it. I mean, I, I mean, when you look at the photographs, the film coming out of there, they're leveling the place, and they need to. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people are crazy. 
what they yeah, did yeah. on October 6th is just just unconscionable in, in mm-hmm. every way, shape, and form. So once once Gaza is is secure and cleaned up, all eyes go to the north. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's going to get way deeper. That's way protracted. That's where anything is possible at that mm-hmm. point. So you're looking at Psalm 83. You're looking at Isaiah 17. Calling Bill Salas. Calling Bill Salas. You need to get <laughs> Bill on the show immediately and have him expound on that. He wrote the book on it. Yep. Other people are stealing his work. Salas <laughs> is the guy. Yeah, he's the guy. Salas is the guy. And then of course you've got the wild card of. Uh, Erdogan in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Got Russia meeting with the Iranians just last week. Yeah, I mean Russia meeting with with Libya. I mean you're looking at yeah. Ezekiel 38. <laughs> it's just like you can't make us up. We're not, and and you know it's it's without bagging on certain parts of of the Christian body of Christ. It's like there's a whole group of, of so-called prophets. And, you know, I was just on a show and, you know, Ellie, you're not prophesying. You know, why aren't you prophesying? Well, I, you know, why should why do I have to do anything when the mm-hmm. Bible tells us very specifically what's going to happen? It's sufficient. It's sufficient. Exactly. Isaiah 17. If Ezekiel 38 happens, I mean, you know, Psalm 83. Yeah. And that's I think we're looking at some kind of combination I don't know. We're down to the five minute mark, guys. So. Okay. okay. I've got one question because this is this ties in with this. In- we got dinner ready. We got dinner ready. We got dinner going. Okay. Over. Right, I'm, I'm not going to let your dinner get cold. So uh, I just wanted to know your thoughts. There's a there's a huge movement of people that are in the Christian realm. You know, a lot of believers that are kind of hitching their train to this Christian nationalism. And they're hoping hoping in a political solution. Really, honestly, that's what they're looking for. And um, I would say, to me, what I believe it is, is that I think it's a false great awakening. It's a false light, um, maybe through Trump or some other, you know, kind of hero type p- politician. Do you guys see that? Or do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I would say this, that the first thing I want to do is in one sense to compliment them that they are still, you know, Jesus said in Luke 19, 13, do business till I come. So for them, they're doing business. They're trying to, 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 to really to see the, our, our decaying culture be rescued. Well, I, I give them credit for that. That's good. However, can, can it venture too far and cross the line into what you just described that, that, that their hope now is found through the political process? Well, that would be, again, that would be blurring the lines that Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it's, it's a positive thing and we should always continue to seek for righteousness. And to, but it, there's also the reality of going where it is our hope lie uh, mm-hmm. as it relates to the redemption scripture. You know, we don't know when that, that point of no return is, but Second Timothy three thirteen. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. They're going to wax worse and worse. Yeah. So yeah. There, there's a balance, of course. Always a spiritual life is a balance, and so that's the question: is is that side unbalanced? Well, they have to answer that. But even for our side, we could be so unbalanced that we're just hunkering down, waiting for the rapture. Well, that's not right either. Yeah, right. Uh, there's a, a phrase I came up with a number of years ago. Um, what was written will come to pass. What was foretold is unfolding, mm-hmm. and you know that's what's amazing about about what the God that we serve and the Bible that we read, everything is written in advance. You know, mm-hmm. someone is outside space-time as we know it, calling out the future with great specificity. These aren't the, the fuzzy quatrains of, of Nostradamus. I mean, 
It's read Ezekiel 38. That's, in my opinion, a neutron bomb. Uh, Ezekiel 38, 39, that, you know, some, something thousands of years before the thing was even invented. There it is. So, right. Um, would you, would you, would, I guess a question, I, I'll, I'll interview L.A. for a second. <laughs> I, I do a lot of interviews, so I'm used to it. Uh, in one sense, do you expect a big revival, worldwide revival? No, I do not. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't see it. And this is why when, when people, well-meaning Christians who love the Lord, we, you know, we're going to take the seven mountains for Jesus mm. and all this other stuff. Go for it. You know, do you, look, I'm not, I'm not you know, hold up in a bunker someplace waiting for the rapture. You know, mm-hmm. we've produced, five, we've created five films this year. We're working on books. We do podcasts like every single day, mm-hmm. five days a week, I should say. I mean, no one's sleeping here, but do <laughs> I believe that we're going to hand the kingdom to Jesus? Absolutely not. No, Things no. are getting worse and worse and worse. And that is a new word in the English language. <laughs> 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 Wow. I, love, I love saying that. People go, LA just use worser. <laughs> it's going to become common vernacular now, man. Right. I hope so. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to sum up something that I, I was listening to some of your YouTube videos. And one of the last ones you had said um, with these this alien situation is that they'll say whatever they need to say to get people to believe them. Yeah. And I just want a strong warning out there to not be deceived and to measure everything to scripture, mm. um, go to his YouTube. It's incredible. Yeah. I loved it. So much to think on. Thank you. Yeah. You know, they, I think with the, when Jesus says the first thing out of the gate in Matthew 24 is let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you. And then we see later that if the deceptions would be so grand that if it was possible, but it's not, it would deceive the elect. That that's that's the nature of what we're seeing here. And and really I, I feel bad for people, especially the younger generation who is so ingrained and through social media, they really apart you just said it. The only thing that will keep us grounded is the word. That is it. There That's is it. nothing else. There's not a wise person, it's the scripture. Mm-hmm. And the farther people get away from that or their worldview is not shaped by that, they have no hope. They have mm-hmm. no chance. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, spending time with us, and I know that uh, it's you guys are busy, and so we definitely honor you and uh, and appreciate all of your work. And I'm looking forward to all your new stuff, LA, your next yes. eight books that you have uh, in the works. And uh, <laughs> it films. It sounds like Bob Ulrich. books this year, LA. And I, you know, now that we've been talking, I do remember the interview. I don't remember what it was, but I remember both of you now. Yeah, I, but I always saw you once and that was months ago so it's like yeah you know, it's not fair to hold my fire <laughs> that way uh, yes, no. I do. well i was you know that's why i do a podcast with no video because i've got a face for radio so people I, uh, <laughs> people don't have to remember what i look like but hey i thank you guys so much and um you know yes thank I'll you so much constantly have an open door it Anytime you want to come back, if you have something that you that you're doing and you want our listeners to you know be aware of it, obviously let us know. You're, you're welcome anytime. Thank you. And, God bless you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Hopefully, I'll get to meet you guys in person sometime. And, and uh, come, yes, conference. What's you know, yeah, We got Orlando. We got we got we got a lot a lot of places where you, people can go. Well, I like Colorado better than Orlando. Well, we have one in June there. So I mean, <laughs> where, where, where are you guys located again? Where are you? Virginia and Tennessee. Uh, I'm in Arkansas. That's as close as I get. I get that. Yeah. Nice. Here I'm in Arkansas. I think in February. Okay. Something. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, you never know. The Lord will. The Lord opens the doors. Yeah. And, the Lord will open up something. Yeah. That's right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Lord bless you and keep you. May yes. shine his face upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Have right, a good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.